everyone, and welcome to Too Many Cooks, a podcast where we explore recipes written by your favorite chefs and try them out in our own home kitchens. It's like a book club, but for recipes. This week is our Thanksgiving episode, but we really don't talk about anything Thanksgiving-y because, well, it's 2020 and it's kind of weird this year. So we've actually heard from a lot of you asking for turkey alternatives. So we were talking about something simple, delicious, and perfect for a home cook, Ina Garten's roast chicken. This was my mom's go-to recipe, so it brings back lots of delicious, warm, and happy memories for me. Join us and try it out for yourself. We hope it brings you lots of joy and memories of home, even if you're far away. Um, yeah, I am really excited to talk about this today because I have so many opinions about chicken and I've been testing. This is probably my fourth chicken recipe, roast whole chicken recipe that I've done in two years. Like, actually, it's my third because the first time I cooked a roast chicken, it was this exact recipe. So Mm. I've like... Yeah, and I'm like... fourth attempt, three different recipes. Right, fourth attempt, three different recipes. It was Ina, Bon Appetit, Bon Appetit, Ina. (laughs) Like, Mm. I am now just realizing, like, okay, I just have to keep it simple. Like, don't get... Don't try and overcomplicate it. Yeah, yeah. This was actually my first time. Roasting a whole chicken? um, Roasting a whole chicken. What? and so I had oh gosh, kind of so funny. high expectations and anticipation for it because I've heard so much about this recipe being perfect, yeah. you know, and it is quite good. <laughs> I don't know if I would call it perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's, so. that's fair. Okay. But wait, before we're getting ahead of ourselves, what was the best thing you ate this week? <laughs> so in the, the best thing I ate is what we're going to talk about next episode. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> that aside. Uh, so last Sunday, I think it was. Um, we've been watching uh, uh, Queer Eye season five, I guess it is. And so mm-hmm. we both, Jess and I both made um, recipes that Anthony has made this season, or the, or the season that we're watching. Um, and so the thing that Jess made actually was, I think, the best thing that I had this week because it was just kind of perfect and delightful. Um, and it was a, a pretty, you know, simple, just pesto chicken um, with uh, orchietta pasta. And um, what she kind of accidentally did was she added arugula into the pesto. Oh yeah. Um, it was the arugula that was supposed to go on top. Yeah. And so it, it ends up being perfect because one thing that pesto sometimes can be is just a little bit too oily. And so this mm-hmm. kind of helped balance that out because it, it became a lot more herby. Um, and then that pepperiness of the yeah. arugula was, was really nice. And so, um, so that with, the, the pasta and, and the chicken was just... Oh, and then there's a um, a pickled grape, like a, a red grape. What? Just halved in, a, like kind of pickled in a red wine vinegar. And that acidity and sweetness was like a really nice touch. Um, what? Yeah. Yeah. That was... A savory <laughs> was grape? Going into it. I don't actually know if I... Yeah. I'm, and... Mm, yeah. It was, it was perfect. Um, yeah. So, so for like a light... It did not feel... Like wintry at all felt very summery, yeah. but um, it was it was delightful, and so you know I was just like ah, I need to make more pestos yeah. often because Actually, so basil's amazing, and so what was the name um, of the a, I mean, of the pasta? What was the name of the pasta that you? Uh, Orchietta. It's like ears. Orchetti. Right. <laughs> we can go back and so. <laughs> <Orchetti. laughs> um, Oh, so the, so the best thing I ate this week. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think it do, it's it does 
I don't know if it's the e at a long e at the end. It's probably it not. Might be orchestra. No, you're right. Or it might be or, We might be combining orque- like we'll combine the two of us and we're right. <laughs> well, I, I think we talked about this last night too. But like, I I try really hard not to do that thing where you're like. Yeah, and then I went to I know the, all the words. Well, so. I do know all the words. I don't, but I do. But I I try not to do the thing where you're like uh, like Giada De Laurentiis can get away with it cuz she's Italian, but like when she's like, yeah. "Yeah," and then you just grab like half a cup of parmesano and you're like, "Oh my yeah, god." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it is so jarring. Yeah. So, if a white well, yeah. my I'm white ass for me. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's it's so much worse cuz we're just like chopping vowels off the end of the words yeah. and you know yeah. Ma, did you get the amount of gut? The amount of gut. So yeah, we're both wrong. Ma. Ma. Yeah, no. But combined, <laughs> and, and this is very appropriate, combined, it's perfect. Right? Perfect, just so like you, us. Plus me in an audio medium combined. <laughs> Um, it's really funny that you said pesto too, because like last time we recorded, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm having like this lactose hangover. I feel really crappy after eating." Nope, food poisoning. Nope, nope, like <laughs> legit food poisoning. So, like one of the best. Not your fault, food. Poisoning. Not my fault, food poisoning. I went out. Yeah. <laughs> I went out to like try and be, you know, like a little adventurous, and we got tacos, and I got so sick. And so for an entire like weekend, I was only eating. Well, what did you call it? Pasta and brodo? Like pasta with chicken yeah, broth? Yeah. And so yeah. um, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to add I'm gonna add chicken to it for one day when I was feeling a little sassy. And so I added mm-hmm. chicken. And then I was like, oh, we have pesto left over. And then I was like, no, nah, I'm good. And then I hear a couple hours later, Ben using the food processor. And he's like, oh, I made pesto. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> and he used like pecans. You know, he was just kind of like doing it yeah. from, it was so good. He, I've done a walnut pesto. Yeah. Um, instead of it was so good. Really... He did a really good job. Yeah. So that's been, that was like, that was like the first thing I ate after a very long, very sad <laughs> food poisoning weekend. So well, it was just like, ooh. You're glossing over Ben and I yelling at you Sunday morning. As he realized, like, you're just sitting there drinking coffee. Yes. And feeling miserable. <laughs> and both of us are then just like, wait. What are you doing? <laughs> don't do that to yourself. Why? No, I was why like, we're playing board games. I'm just clutching my stomach. Like, why do I feel like crap? And you guys are like, stop drinking coffee. <laughs> um, I, I have to talk about my favorite thing was actually those that cheesy bread I made. The chipas. These are like Argentine. Or they're actually Latin American. Um you know, bread. Like, they're like a hush puppy. They're like little golf ball sized bread um, that is made out of mandioca flour. And so it's like a starchy, kind of like tapioca. And it is, is it this? Last night we basically were insisting, like, you're like, you're clearly pronouncing tapioca. Wait, can I (laughs) double check mandioca? It's a cassava. That's what it is. Yeah, Um, Yeah. Okay, sorry. I like was because you said it again. I was like really second guessing myself. Like, did I say it wrong again? Um, no. My mission in life is for everyone to constantly second guess themselves. Oh, you're so. a gaslighter. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> no, no, no. Just like for them to be right, but just be like, wait a minute, am I right? I think that's yeah. I'm, I I'm think right, that's I'm gaslighting. Right. <laughs> sorry. No, I can't be. Can't be. But that's a bad thing. A bad thing. I'm not bad. <laughs> um. So this mandioca flour is, it's really interesting. It's the first time I've ever cooked with it. But basically, you make um, these little hush puppies out of mandioca flour, gouda, and parmesan. Three eggs, whisk it up. It Like, that's your, the liquid is eggs and milk, and you just add it to the the, the dry ingredients. There's a, a conflicting recipes, like, about how much a 
baking powder you use. Like sometimes it's a pinch, sometimes it's a teaspoon, sometimes it's a tablespoon. So the, finding a recipe for the chipas were really hard, but I I pretty much improvised and everything. I, I, yeah. So like if somebody needs like a recipe that's like kind of a gateway drug for baking, but you can still kind of be like, oh, this sounds good. Oh, this sounds good. Maybe I'll add this. This is the recipe for you. So I'll post what I end yeah, up doing. I want up you to post it yeah. because it, was, it looked amazing. Yeah. And so um, what's cool about the the mandioca or tapioca flowers is like you, when you pull it apart, it's very like stringy. Like there's like you get like that cool cheese pull from the, all the cheese inside, but also like the starch, uh, the starchiness makes this kind of like, like gooey, almost chewy, like bread and so you pull it apart and it's just got this like really cool it's really it's really delicious it's like a chewy ooey gooey cheesy bread Chipa. so okay let's get started i have to ask you and this is fresh in our minds yeah so we made (laughs) we made this last night less than yeah and ate together i guess yeah like 14 hours ago and then ate together on zoom um it's very fun and and so since we're talking about Ina Garten, I, I kind of grew up with her. Like she was a definite, she was like a, a figurehead in my family. Like this was like what we watched after school and work. Like we would all kind of get together and either be eating dinner, like with it on the background or like we would sit down and paint our nails or do whatever we were doing after school, like me doing my homework and like hanging out. Yeah. That's um, wait, did you have, do you have any connection to Ina Garten or is this just me? Nah. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I've seen I've seen the show uh, a few times. I never watched it kind mm-hmm. of with any sort of regularity. I think I've only I've probably seen most of her stuff because I found a recipe of hers that I wanted to try. Right. Um, I know her husband's name is Jeffrey. I Jeffrey. Think. Yeah. She always has yeah. she always has Jeffrey <laughs> like show up on her shows, and I always think it's like really adorable, but also kind of like. Oh, they're oh, they're sexy. Are they that sexy? They love each other. <laughs> yeah. Jeffrey, yeah. like I don't know. Every time she says Jeffrey, <laughs> yeah, you you can kind of feel it. Um, yeah. Mm. So I that uh, that's like the extent of okay. uh, what I know. So okay, so she's she has like actually a very fascinating story because she they got married. She met him when she was fifteen and he was seventeen. Jeffrey, um, and then they became like like pen pals but then like when she was 20 they got married um and he was um uh in the military for during vietnam war so they lived in fort bragg north carolina in the 60s 70s um and then they moved to washington dc where she was actually just like a low-level aide at the white house um and yeah and so he worked for the state department while they were working in dc they were kind of unhappy and she was um so for, I guess it was like maybe, yeah, in 1978, she went to West Hampton Beach, New York, and found a teeny tiny specialty food store called the Barefoot Contessa that was for sale. And so she <laughs> like kind of took the plunge and and bought it. And Jeffrey was like, yeah, absolutely. So she bought it and grew it and made it into this amazing thing. And like, you know, they would travel a lot and she was really interested in like different cuisines and mostly French cooking and she was in love with um, Julia Child. So she's kind of in my mind like the modern Julia Child because there I, I feel very I, I feel like their recipes are very similar in the in that it's all kind of geared towards to like the average American cook. Ina Garten definitely has the same little like um, homage to to Julia and her recipes. They're very much like 
French inspired, but uh, but adapted for the American palate or the or American grocery stores. One thing I like about her watching her is, and this is probably um, I think more reflective of uh, like the mid to late '90s and then the past you know 20 years of kind of cooking shows, but um, and I mean this in, in really kind of the best way possible. Like there's no um, overwhelming personality. Yeah. Her, right. Like, yeah it's she's not a character that you know she's not like angry gordon ramsay or she's not you know quirky rachel ray or you know catchphrasey emerald lagasse or you know right um she's just somebody that you know seems like oh that's yeah that's my neighbor who cooks really well and i love her food and you know she's she's showing me things you know yeah and it's it's so kind of refreshing i think because um you know, I think so many of the cooking shows have gotten to be kind of more about the chef than the or the cook than the food. Yeah, um, that's a really good way to put it. You know, just it. to kind of you know break into like getting that those those viewers and everything. And so it's it's almost like much more relaxing, I think, to kind of watch her. You yeah. Know, and where it's just like okay, the focus is really on just the recipe. Yeah. And maybe Jeffrey. And Jeffrey, um, I but I also yeah I really I really appreciate you saying that too because like I. I, I'm so impressed with her because she really she was self-taught. Like she just kind of cooked her way through Julia Child's cookbook, and then she cooked her way through Paris. And or like you know, anytime she travels, she tests and tests and tests and tests recipes, and and she just perfects them. So she is really that neighbor who's like, oh hey, I saw that you just had a baby, and I just wanted to bring over this like incredible short rib recipe, and like here you go, and let me know if you need anything. I I, I am like just. I'm really drawn to her. So her shows were on Food Network um, and she like she grew out the Barefoot Contessa name into a show on the Food Network. Um, and we yeah, we watched that all growing up. So this specific chicken recipe is something that if you ask me about Ina Garten, I will 100 percent say this. This is the recipe that I will that I think of. Um, and it's probably because my mom made it almost every week, every Sunday or so when I was in high school. Um, it is one of those things like, so my sister went to college and it was just me and my mom for all of my high school. And so we got really into cooking and, you know, that was something that we could kind of connect over when I was a terrible, awful teenager. God, ugh. you know, when you like lay awake at night and you're like, oh, I was so awful when I was a teenager, like <laughs> that. <laughs> Um, but <laughs> cooking helped me like, I, I don't know. It just gave me like some responsibility and it was something that was creative and fun and a nice yeah. outlet. So this chicken recipe is something that I could probably do in my sleep. Like it is w- mm-hmm. one of those iconic reminded me of home kind of chicken recipes or recipes in general. Yeah. Um, so I love it also because it is three steps. <laughs> um it is very very easy. Very easy. Okay, so here are the here are the ingredients. One five to six pound roasting chicken, kosher salt, black pepper, one large bunch of fresh thyme, plus twenty sprigs. Did you count twenty? No. Yeah, in, no. In fact, <laughs> can't be bothered. I, um <laughs> Yeah, and I basically had purchased one large bunch of, of thyme yeah. and um, I think just when I wrote down what I needed for the recipe, I just didn't see the 20 sprigs. And so <laughs> luckily I had like a little bit extra time from something else. But um, 
so yeah, so my my veggies had less kind of you know of this of the time on it. It's and, fine. Um, the chicken had stuffed into it. Yeah, that's fine. Hey, guess spoiler. It's everything is fine. Um, one mm-hmm. lemon halved. One had a garlic cut in half crosswise. Like I assume she meant down the equator, not like down the north and south pole. So kind of like yeah, yeah. yeah you cut yeah, so um, two tablespoons butter melted. That's the only butter, Dave. <laughs> um and yeah and that means salted butter yeah does not okay one large yellow onion (laughs) thickly sliced four carrots cut into two inch chunks one bulb of fennel top removed tops removed and cut into wedges olive oil very easy very simple the step one preheat your oven to 45 whoa (laughs) preheat your oven to 425 degrees fahrenheit remove the giblets and the chicken this is step two rinse the chicken inside and out remove any excess can we go back yeah can we go back yeah yeah remove the what Giblets? Is it a hard shape? Is it giblet? It's giblets. Why did I say giblets? It's giblets, it's giblets right? right? I don't know. <laughs> Why did I say giblet? I don't know. Kim, you, I mean, you corrected my pronunciation earlier, so I was just waiting and Hold waiting, it. and it paid off. Um, <laughs> giblets. Kimmy Giblets was the neighbor on uh, on Full House. <laughs> Kimmy Giblets. So you, um, I didn't have you to. said it wrong because you didn't have them. I didn't have <laughs> right? them. So, I didn't have them. Yeah, I was actually looking. Yeah. I, I yeah. Well, so a lot of times uh, when you get a whole chicken, um, the the giblets are almost like packaged up for you. Yeah. In like a little like handy little sack, and then you kind of just you know pull them out. Um, right. Mine <laughs> mine wasn't like I, you know, oh, it's just loose. A lazier chicken, so I had to go like hunting around. But... Um, yeah, <laughs> which. I don't, I mean, I, I cook and I've like butchered, I guess, enough meat yeah. that I'm just, you know, I'm kind of used to it and it doesn't really matter. But I could see that honestly just be kind of being something that um, gives people pause to even try something like this, yeah. you know, just because I think the idea of needing to kind of reach into the cavity of, you know, the bird and, and pluck stuff out, yeah. uh, you know, can be a little disorder. I mean, we're traumatized people, by that so. with Halloween where you reach your hand in and it's all le- those peeled grapes and you're like, oh, <laughs> like that's that's the sensation that I'm waiting for when I put my hand into a chicken. Um, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> so I, I I think that's a like, yeah, like what do you use the giblets for when you cook? So I I don't. Oh, okay. Um, I Yeah. I mean, you could, there's a lot of stuff you could do with them. I, I, I this is the first time I've used a, a whole chicken oh that's true turkeys and stuff but um but yeah i i mean i kind of know i probably should do something with them just make stock uh yeah yeah you could throw them Um, into a pot of boiling water with a ton of veggies and make stock or you could if you're like feeling extra fancy you could roast them for a while and then throw them into the stock so they import more like chickeny flavor Uh, i know a lot of people cook up like cook them up and serve them to their dog um so but i would just look it up <laughs> just like look because you know if you're trying to have less food waste like i think that that's a good way to do it um i also forgot to mention when i so remove the kimmy giblets re- rinse the chicken inside and out actually so that's something that you don't recipes will say you don't have to do or you shouldn't do rinse the chicken um like the, the one of the theories is like you're just getting all the yucky stuff off of like out but you also a lot of people will say like you don't have to you can just dry it like the thing that you're trying mm-hmm. to to get is just a really dry skin and real inside you want it to be dry you don't want there to be any water mm-hmm. because the water will steam you don't want to steam it right yeah. Ugh, steam chicken sounds nasty um Gross. 
but I appreciate that she also so rinse the chicken inside and out. Um, I didn't do that because I kind of forgot. <laughs> I was just kind of like in like muscle memory at a certain point, which again is kind of like I don't know why I always do this. Like I need to be more cognizant of the recipes because I'm like, oh, I know what to do, and then I'm like, oh crap, she said rinse the chicken. Um, so I I forgot to do that. But again, it's it's kind of okay if you forgot to do that. Um, remove any excess fat. I didn't do that. I didn't have also, it says, um, remove leftover pin feathers and pat the outside dry. I didn't have any other pin feathers, which is very nice because usually I do. So it's nice to like, um, I think my butcher has been listening to me praising him in the most recent episode. So good. I- yeah, he's smart. <laughs> um, so you didn't have any, so schmaltz is schmaltz is the, chicken fat. The chicken fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So you you and I recently were talking about using schmaltz for something, and now I can't remember well, what, I, what it was. Well, it was last night when I was dipping the chipas in the schmaltz, because, like, you get the schmaltz. Schmaltz is just any chicken fat. Yeah. So, right, I think? So, yeah, so it, basically once it melted off the, the pan, I was just, like, using my chipas to, like, sop yeah. up the, the schmaltz at the bottom. I, so I don't think I knew that you were dipping it in last night, but this oh. I mean, this was, like, a month or oh. two ago. <laughs> there was something, and I, I even joked, I was like, I don't have schmaltz just, like, laying around. I'm not, <laughs> like, I can't like, remember. Maybe we were looking at recipes and they asked for it because a, a lot of things are like, so, yeah. you know, fry your potatoes and schmaltz. And you're like, yeah, let me go get schmaltz. But, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, um, Allison Roman's recipes call for schmaltz a lot of the time on New York Times cooking. You're like, oh, I'm just going to go, I guess, in New York. Very New York Times. Yeah, you could just yeah, go to schmaltz is everywhere. Yeah, you just go to go to your bodega and get some schmaltz. Um, so okay, patting the the outside of the chicken is like key, and you need to um, also liberally salt and pepper the inside of the chicken. So that's something that I don't think people necessarily recognize, but that's really important too to like mm-hmm. because if you're just salting and peppering the outside, you're not you're only really seasoning the skin. So if you do it inside, you're kind of hitting it from both angles. Um, and then, okay, stuff, stuff the cavity with a bunch, the bunch of thyme, halves, both halves of the lemon and all the garlic. Brush the outside, wow, brush the outside of the chicken with butter and sprinkle again with salt and pepper. Tie the legs together with kitchen string and tuck the wingtips under the body of the chicken. Did you have trouble with this, with the trussing? Or was this simple? No. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, it's, it's straightforward. It's pretty straightforward. You just crisscross the legs and tie it with a little kitchen twine, um, make sure it's Tie the legs together, blah, 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 and then tuck the wingtips under the body of the chicken. That's that's pretty easy, too. You can just kind of – you just tuck them under. Yeah, just manhandle Just manhandle it a little bit. Yeah, this, the kind of the key of this is, like, don't be afraid to touch it. You're not going to hurt it. <laughs> it's yeah, – Yeah, I mean, you, you have to get you, – you have to be kind of willing to get in there a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're shoving a bunch of stuff into the cavity, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it's okay if it and... peeks out, and it's just it's just – yeah. yeah, I had half a lemon kind of just like guarding, yeah. you know, <laughs> like yeah. as the stopper, basically. Next thing you do is, so then you kind of make a veggie bed in your roasting pan of the onions, carrots, and fennel. Um, and you just kind of make this like, yeah, and then you you toss that with salt and pepper, the thyme, and olive oil into the bottom of the roasting pan, and then you put the chicken on top of that. So I love that because a lot of, well, yeah, go ahead. Uh, can we talk fennel real quick? Yeah. Since I don't, I imagine a lot of people have never had fennel, know what yeah, fennel looks this like. this is my first fennel. Cooked with it. Um, yeah, it was mine, mine too, in terms of cooking with mm-hmm. it. I've definitely eaten it before. Yeah. But, um, 
so first of all, it's <laughs> it's kind of a beautiful right? bulb. Like the, I, I was looking at the fronds kind of coming out off of yeah. it. It's like, I should, because it looks like dill. It does. Right? It very much is just like this kind of very light, beautiful, little, like almost grassy thing. Um, and I was like, there should, I probably could cook something with this. I could. Um, so fennel has like a, almost like a licorice, black licorice yeah. type flavor, um, which is interesting. And it, a lot of people um, kind of smartly don't like black licorice. I love black licorice. Bite your tongue. Dude, weird. <laughs> um, but don't let that kind of scare you off right. of, of fennel because it's not an overwhelming thing. Um, it's just kind of this really, it's a, it's a specific flavor mm-hmm. that, um, is nice. I mean, especially roasted, you know, again, we talk about roasting vegetables, <laughs> no matter what kind of, yeah. it's perfect. Right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so this was kind of an easy thing. You, you pretty much just slice the, the top off the, the bulb and then, um, she asks you to just cut it into wedges and so easy. You know, throw it on in there and. It cooked up really nicely, and especially the pieces that kind of charred a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, yeah, just really delightful. But, yeah. Uh, no, I am. Good thing to add. Yeah, definitely Google what to do with fennel fronds because they like there's a, a Bon Appetit article that just basically says fennel fronds are delicious. Stop throwing them out. <laughs> but yeah, this was a really fun exercise because like when my mom would make this growing up, she didn't she doesn't like that that flavor, so she didn't include it. Um, but you know. This is a really wonderful opportunity to add whatever the hell you want to the bottom of your yeah, of your little yeah. chicken bed and get all those good juices. So I've actually made recipe this this recipe before where I've put whole um, baby red tomatoes or oh my god, kill me! Ah, you no whole baby <laughs> yeah. red potatoes, um, yes. and then you can like kind of smush them and then have mm-hmm. them absorb the the schmaltz. Yeah, delicious. I, so that was act, that was probably the first thing, the smushing thing. Um, I, I hadn't thought of. That's great. Um, but the just getting you know beautiful little baby potatoes yeah. and throwing them in there, I think would be perfect, especially if it was um, not not under the chicken, right? Uh, because what's under the chicken really, because of the moisture, doesn't cook up as much. Yeah. And so um, if anything, I think. Uh, I might be more like strategic with what I put under the chicken mm-hmm. next time because, um, you know, getting the that little bit of, of caramelization on the, the carrots that weren't that were on the outside yeah. is really nice. If I did the potatoes, I would want them to be on the outside. Right. Um, the onions that caramelized were fantastic. Oh, my God. They um, were so good. And they, the, they just absorbed And the fennel. Yeah. Like, uh, and the fennel, I, yeah. So, so what's really great is that you cook this chicken at 425 for an hour and a half uh, or until the juices run clear when you cut between a leg and a thigh. So... Um, I used a food thermometer and basically tested the the thigh. Yeah. But the other thing that you can do that Ina Garten talks about in the video that goes along with this um, with this recipe, there's just kind of like a clip from her show from the from like early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Basically, you type you take the string off and then you wiggle his little foot. She's like, okay, shake hands with the chicken thigh, <laughs> a little handshake, a little yeah. handshake, and if it's like jiggly. Then it's done. And so what ended up happening, I was like, okay, it's an hour and a half. Everything is 165. Everything looks great. I wiggled its little foot and the bone came out. And I was like, well, (laughs) I think it's done. done. (laughs) Um, It was really delicious. So she says to remove the chicken and vegetables to a platter and cover with aluminum foil for about 20 minutes and then slice the chicken onto a platter and serve it with vegetables. So this resting for 20 minutes is critical if you cut right into a chicken all the juices or any meat any meat that you cut do that exactly yeah. do that with any any meat like at, re- letting it rest and just being patient you know makes a world of difference yeah. because you're gonna just end up having 
juice everywhere. It's so, uh, which yeah. you don't want. You want it to be reabsorbed and, and, and go back into the meat. Yeah, exactly. So that was really key. I'm, I'm going to, because I've been testing so many chicken recipes, I have like a couple recommendations for what you, like if you want your chicken skin to be crispy, like my chicken, was your crispy, was your skin crispy last night? I mean, it was fine. It was it wasn't the crispiest fine. Chicken skin. And I, yeah. again, like all about the texture. So I, mm. I want that shattering chicken skin. I want that like. I want that very clear, like crunch. So yeah, maybe my I might I might adapt my my rating. But basically, the tin foil the tin foil is semi problematic because you're basically steaming it. Steaming yep. after so all that beautiful, delicious, crisp chicken skin that you've been creating, like with the with the four twenty five is high, so mm-hmm. you're like blasting it, and it's for a short time. And so you're getting beautiful chicken skin and then you steam it under tinfoil. So I would say let it rest uncovered. Um, The other thing that you can do that I find really, really helpful is you actually season it the second that you bring it home. Ideally for 24 hours, like you prep your chicken the same way. You don't put anything in the cavity yet and just season it salt and pepper and you put it in the fridge uncovered. And so that is basically, and it sounds really gross, you're going to want to cover it, but don't because that would, you want the skin to be dehydrated. So this, if you do a a dry brine, you leave it uncovered in the fridge for 24 hours or as long as you can, Uh, you know, but the longer you have it sit, the more dehydrated and more broken down the skin proteins will be. And that'll, that'll get you some really, really, really crispy skin. I did that with my turkey last year for Thanksgiving. Um... I actually spatchcocked the turkey. Have you ever spatchcocked anything? <laughs> Not purposely. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I, I feel like I have, um, but considering I cannot remember exactly what spatchcocking is, <laughs> I'm now just like <laughs> completely full of self doubt. Because um, once you come across the word spatchcock, you know, and you don't, you don't come across that word accidentally. Uh, maybe now, if, if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> yeah. you suddenly have. But um, so I feel like if you've if you've heard the word before, you've probably done it. That's so um, funny. And that's, I think, all I'm going on <laughs> in my head. It's just that, oh, I know Spatchcock. I know so, that word. I didn't giggle like a schoolboy. So, OK, so. Spatchcocking is when basically you take the you you butterfly the chicken. Um, so yeah. you cut the like you cut the backbone out, out and then you just like kind of break it break open, it open yeah. and so his little wings are out um so i did that it's a very like it's super recommended for um for turkey as well because turkey cooks so unevenly turkey mm-hmm. is notorious for being kind of like tough and the like the breasts are tough and the yeah I, I turkey is you know the reason we're having this episode is because a lot of people aren't making a traditional turkey so this this roast chicken is a perfect intro roast chicken if you're trying to serve something kind of impressive and like on the smaller side and easy and and delicious um but spatch cocking is a way to get around like you know even cooking and super super crispy skin because everything's exposed you don't have any like hidden parts of the meat that are underneath or not hit not getting direct heat from the from the oven so um if anybody's curious about getting that like super shattering texture Spatchcocking is the way to go. Um, so, okay. So overall though, like I, again, 
I think I love this. I hold this recipe in super high esteem because it is so it's like um a sense memory. It's like a like a taste mm-hmm. memory. I don't know. It's just it just like brings me back to a nice time. Yeah. You know, anything that st- you start a recipe by cutting garlic and onion is like fine by me. Like it's <laughs> like yeah. my yeah, favorite. I can't go wrong. It's and it's it's in, insanely easy. I mean, that's that's so a really easy. nice thing too is that um, and you know, this is a perfect like make for your family, like small, like immediate family. Yeah. Um, this is not a, you know, a normal year Thanksgiving get together type thing. This is for, you know, just a couple people. Um, yeah. and, uh, and it's, it's super kind of easy. I mean, it's really kind of set it and forget it. And mm-hmm. then, you know, as soon as that time's up, just pop it out, check the temperature and you should be good. Yeah. So, um, I really wanted my mom to come on the, on the pod and give advice, but she is at my nephew's soccer game. So she can't, <laughs> so she gave, yeah. Oh my God. G- her, her like grandma name is Gigi. It's very cute. Anyway. I am very excited to see them. Two Which weeks. We, we yeah. ignored. Um, yeah, we ignored all of the uh, the nicknames um, that you and your sister tossed about. Oh, last episode. <laughs> just because I'm used to it, I guess. So yeah. I just kind of ignored it, but then we we're <laughs> Jess and I were listening to the episode, and we're like, "Oh, maybe should we explain that at all?" Okay. <laughs> Is that just you know what? No. People can figure it out. Yeah, if it starts it with, a, if it's yeah. like Joe adjacent, that is my sister. If it's Goog, yeah. if it's Gugu or Goog adjacent, that is me. So Gugu, I think, happened because, I mean, I'll explain it because it's kind of weird. But like Goog, <laughs> I think I couldn't say Gracie. So I said Goosey for a while. And then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Gugu happened. And then Gugu Cluster is another one. <laughs> then, <laughs> which is and it, is that a gaggle of Gracie's? A gaggle of uh, Gracie's is a Goo Goo Cluster, also the best candy on yeah. the planet. Um, and Goog, I think. I have never heard of that candy. What? A Goo Goo Cluster? I, don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like. I have no clue. Oh, my God. It's so good. Does it still exist? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, what is it? Is it chocolate? Chocolate or? and peanut and caramel and like a cookie yeah. thing. So like, it's delicious. Oh, and it's like a round. Yeah. It's like a round little thingy, like the size of a Reese's. <laughs> um Okay. We say that differently too. Shit, do you say Reese's? Yeah. My sister went to Jojo went to college with somebody from the Reese family and I remember asking him at a party like, "How do you say the thing?" And he was like, "Cuz he was HB Reese like the fourth, I guess." Uh-oh. Yeah. And he was like, "It's however you want as long as you buy it." And I was like, "Oh." oh. I, so, I hated HB Reese the 4th. The moment we said have to delete, we can't. And I hate him even. No, more. no, we have to. We have to cut, cut this out. We want Reese's to sponsor. And you're the editor. That's so true. Really <laughs> yeah. Anyway. 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 Google clusters are excellent. Yeah. Reese's Reese's are great. I guess it makes sense because we used to say Reese's PCs, which is not also wrong. Right. <laughs> I think that's why I say Reese's pieces. Reese's pieces. Not, you don't say pieces. <laughs> Yeah, you chop you chop your fennel into pieces. pieces. <laughs> um, okay, so since my mom Gigi couldn't come, she's texted me and gave me a bunch of advice about this chicken. Um, she said, "Trust the timing. You'll be tempted to cook it longer. Worried it's not done, but it's done. Letting it sit out at room temp for hours beforehand really helps cooking." 
like uh, like getting it to room temp don't take it straight from the fridge get it at room temp i actually just yeah. like and once again this applies for all yes meals. like you know yeah getting stuff up to room temp is key so so yeah getting everything up at room temp is really really helpful to just you know it ensures it ensures even cooking it ensures you're not actually it's going to cook more evenly and shorter because you're bringing it to a temperature that it just you know starts at and you know like yeah. you don't have to whatever get it to room temp in the oven um she doesn't brine it um but you can like there are buttermilk brines, there are dry brines. Basically, a brine is just seasoning it beforehand, like we were talking about. No, and also, th- what's great about this recipe is that it doesn't require any basting. So the butter based at the beginning is sufficient. It doesn't actually require yeah. anything like that. Um, save the drippings! Exclamation point! Don't be afraid of germs, fat. It's so good. Skin luscious. <laughs> she said luscious back to back uses <laughs> back to back eps of luscious, luscious. <laughs> um and then this is my problem this is why it took me so long to cook mine um don't be oh and don't be tempted to keep peeking at it leave it alone yeah so we i <laughs> yesterday we were cooking literally Sunday yeah we started at the same time <laughs> the oven at the exact same time and uh grace sent me a video of um you peeking in the oven and I was like distressed because of how long that oven door yeah, was open. It's true. Um, and then I I had to open my oven because um, <clears throat> I was inserting the this little side dish that I was mm-hmm. making. Um, and when I did it, I ended up having to kind of keep the door open for much longer. And I I checked, and the temperature dropped significantly. Yeah. You know, and so um, so yeah. I mean, this really is. I think it just an hour and a half, and and. Don't screw around with it. Yeah. You know, I mean, just take it out when the timer's up and then that's it. Don't peak. Don't check the temperature. Yeah. You know, because you're 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 just messing with that internal temperature of the oven now. That's that point. I know. And then you're if you're poking it a bunch of times like I did to check the temperature because I was panicked about food poisoning again, like you're going to lose a little Mm -hmm. bit of the juice in that section. Mm -hmm. But when I read when I read recipes that are like, don't check it, I get really stressed out. Because I'm like, but I have to. So again, like if you check it, it's not going to ruin the chicken, but it'll just cook a little bit longer. So just recognize like if you keep checking on it, just a lot for a little bit longer time. Um, My favorite. And one other tip is um, if when you preheat your oven, uh, try and preheat. Not so that when, you know, the oven says it's preheated, you're throwing your food into the oven. Let it run you know, at that preheated temperature for probably maybe 10 to 20 minutes if you can. Um, Because odds are your oven is actually not as hot as you want it to be Mm -hmm. when you're, when it says it's ready. Um, Yeah. I would recommend it. So the longer you can kind of just make sure. Yes. And an oven thermometer, like you should be having an oven thermometer in there just kind of checking anyway. But my, uh, my oven's max temperature is 425 anyway. So when I make sourdough, like I, it's, it's, you know, going to be a little bit different when I go to a normal person oven ben calls it like my poly pocket oven because it is teeny it's a teeny teeny tiny oven um and so yeah but it actually again luckily this chicken recipe was has been the most consistent the all the other chicken recipes that i've done in this oven have been actual trash like inedible like the chicken Mm. i have i i hate to like from your old butcher from my old butcher no that's actually very true from my old butcher and um and also the recipe um the, one of the recipes i did was a gojujang roast chicken um from molly baz at um 
Bon Appetit, and basically you do like a wonderful gojujing rub on a roast chicken, you do the exact same kind of process, except you blast it at like 425, then you bring the temperature down, and then you cook it for two to three hours. And two to three hours is such a wide, wide gulf that I was like really panicky about it, and I kept checking it, and then I cooked the... It was disgusting. It was inedible. And so basically I... And it was really terrible. It was like one of those things I was super embarrassed about because it took so long and I, I'm going to definitely try it again because I don't fault the, I don't necessarily fault the recipe, although I do think two to three hours is kind of a wide, a wide, a big, a big gap. gap. Yeah. Um, but anyway, what on that same note, like with this recipe from Ina Garten, my mom even says, once you get confident with the method, you can experiment with flavors, rub, rubs, etc. So like, it, this is a really amazing foundation for anybody interested in cooking a whole chicken. It's super impressive when you take it out of the oven, you put it down in front of people. You can, you know, like once we can have dinner parties again or even for Thanksgiving, small small Thanksgiving, you can scale it. You can get a bigger chicken, you get a smaller chicken. You know, like you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And we talked about different veggies. And that's going to change the cooking time. So yes. If you, if you do, just make sure that you Good point. adjust. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that this is a very good easy intro yeah yeah i i, I mean it, it's good it's, it's, <laughs> it's quite good um you know it it is not the most amazing uh thing i've ever had it's not um i don't think maybe the best chicken i've ever had um but in terms of you know home cooking it's it's straightforward it's easy um it is very versatile in terms of again yeah the seasoning and and the veggies that you want to roast with it and all that the vegetables come out absolutely delicious. yeah was that your you know, favorite so, part um yeah I, I think it was uh um i mean I, I i love you know good roasted vegetables and and then just with the the chicken um kind of juices running into it was was great just extra flavor yeah um so yeah i i mean i will definitely make this again um you know it's not something that i think uh like i'm dying to to make again i mean it's, it's going to be when i make it again i will experiment with mm-hmm. it and if anything, I'll probably try and, and really up the seasonings and start getting it closer to like a Peruvian chicken. Oh, yum. Um, because that's, yeah, I mean, you know, it has good flavor, but um, I mean, chicken's chicken, you know, <laughs> there's a limited range for how amazing chicken can be <laughs> if you're not adding a bunch of other incredible stuff, right? So like really upping, um, you know, the the seasoning and, the, and you know, the herbs and yeah. stuff. And, um, and probably adding like a, a sauce, you know, would, would be where I would start taking this and, and again, making it more of that, that Peruvian like rotisserie chicken um, kind of thing. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, okay. Give me your, give me your fear ratings. Yeah. So, um, again, I, I think it, it's, it's quite good. You know, um, I, I have the flavors of four, uh, the, the ease you've said it, it's, it's a five. I mean, this is extremely straightforward. Um, approachability, I, I, I put at 4.5 oh. only because there are just a, a couple of, uh, of items that I don't think everybody has necessarily hmm. on hand or, or can find easily. So one is, um, not everybody has a roasting pan, you know, because it's, um, it's a, that's a very big kitchen item. I mean, um, I was actually surprised that you had, uh, Dave, kind of I used my brownie pan. Way. I just used my brownie pan. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that you had a smaller pan. Yeah, because um, no, you couldn't I, fit a roasting pan. No, there's literally your... no way. Yeah. Zero, zero yeah. way. So I use a, yeah, I so... use like a casserole. Sometimes I like a glass Pyrex casserole pan or, or my brownie pan. My my, I think that's a great point. You can use, you can use something else, but yeah, like you can use your Dutch oven. You can you use know. your skillet, your cast iron skillet. 
Yeah, and I actually I think that um, the Dutch oven might be kind of perfect for mm. it uh, if it, if you can get, kind of get everything to fit. Um, you are going to create a lot more steam. Yeah, um, I think you know, something is, shorter. So if, if you're eating this, if you're eating the skin, if you care about the skin, um, then I wouldn't use a Dutch oven. But if if you're a person that kind of takes the skin off, you know, and, and you you don't like chicken skin, who the hell is um, that? <laughs> We're going to start, I'm going to start uh, a fight with all chicken skin. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm the one with the hot takes. You're, <laughs> you're supposed to be the, the nicer one. Um, kitchen twine, You. I mean, for how little people, you know, maybe have a need for kitchen twine, it might not be something that they have on hand, uh, you know, but I mean, you should, uh, honestly, I think everyone buys kitchen twine once right. in their life and then you just have yeah. it forever. So um, it's like corn powder. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> you, that's because you never need it. Endive, um, uh, you know, might not be the most fennel? easy to find, or fennel. On um, <laughs> beef, I I switched the, I switched the, those things. Me too. No, I was having so fen- yeah, I was having a hard time remembering. I don't know why? Uh, so just because of all of that, where hopefully it's 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 easy. Again, you can kind of change some things around yeah. and, and make this work. But that's why I made it four point five. That's fine. Um, and the repeat repeatability, I just did a four. Um, I will almost certainly make this again. Um, I will not necessarily make it in the same way. Mm-hmm. I think I'll, you know, I will start kind of just changing it up. Um, but I, I don't have like an overwhelming desire to like. Oh, I cannot wait to make oh, this that's again. So funny. Whereas, you know, the beef bourguignon, like the next week's recipe, those were. Ta- I mean, literally taking the first bite and just being like, yep, making this again. Oh, like, good. I cannot wait. And so, That's so good. Um, okay, great. Yeah. So overall, that's a 17 point yeah. which is great. Too many cooks. Can't win them all, but. <laughs> um, I, no, so I, it's, I think that again, like with a grain of salt for mine, like grain of flaky salt, like I, so my flavor was a four because I, I wanted that crispy skin and I didn't get it. I wanted a little bit more of the texture. But again, like I I think I probably over seasoned when I did like finishing salt and that helped a lot, like brighten it up. Um, and then I also poured the schmaltz over it before I served it um, after I cut it. Oh, wow. I, I like but I um, plated it and then I poured the schmaltz over just as like a nice little yeah. like gar- um, gravy. Um, but for ease, approachability and repeatability, five for me. Like I, I don't think that these like I understand the the docking it for points for ease, like totally. Um, or what was it? Whatever. Yeah. Approach, Approachability. Approach. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and then repeatability, like I've already repeated it twice. This is something that is like already, yeah. this is in my arsenal. It's actually, this is so funny. This is the test for me for uh, when I move, like when I get to a new apartment, I've moved a lot in my adult life. And so I, Every time, like, I get to my new apartment, this is the recipe that I use to, like, christen my kitchen. And this exact hmm, one. That's awesome. So, like, this is something that I'm excited to take to, like, you know, we'll get to our apartment in D.C. and I'll mm-hmm. make this roast chicken. But, again, like, I'll do it our way. Like, I'll add the, the potatoes to the pan or I'll add more yeah. more carrots. Get You know, I'll just play around. And I think that... This is, again, like, why I love it so much is a wonderful foundation for experimenting going going forward. So, so yeah, I am fond of this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I might <laughs> – it's funny because I, I, I might actually make it within a week. Yeah. Um, because since, you know, I'm still trying to figure out my Thanksgiving menu and whether or not I even – 
want like a main kind of traditional entree. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I focus so much on, on the sides for Thanksgiving and kind of want to recreate that. Uh, and my wife has been um, asking for me to make crab cakes. Yeah. Um, which I'm like, I'll do that for for Christmas because yeah. that's like Christmas dinner is nothing special to me. Um, so I typically do something a little bit more unique, mm-hmm. you know, um, whether it's like lamb or entire like like beef roast or, or crab cakes or something like that. Christmas Eve is very special yeah. um, in terms of the, the food. Uh, and so Thanksgiving to me is, is very special, but it's, I care much more about the sides than I do about the turkey. So, um, and I've done a turkey breast in the past and, you know, but I'm cooking for three people, you know, and so right. uh, I'm still, I'm debating what I want to do. And, and this is definitely one of the possibilities just because it is really easy uh, you know, and, and straightforward and kind of get that, you know, that poultry Thanksgiving type feel. Um, my one, you know, just, I guess, you know, fallback, I guess would be, uh, doing this and just trying to make it, you know, like actually make a gravy, you know, for yeah. it to make it more like Turkey, like, you know, that's a great so, idea. And, and maybe, and maybe changing the herbs a little bit to, um, easy, know, make it again a little bit more yeah. Thanksgiving time, sage, all that delicious Mm -hmm, yeah get after it that sounds amazing that sounds really good i I was originally thinking that we should like talk about thanksgiving and all this stuff but i think thanksgiving is so different for people um this year is kind of a funky somewhat sad (laughs) thanksgiving for a lot of people Mm -hmm. um and so i just really hope that our listeners know that you know even if it is a small smaller one it can still be delicious and you can still have like pride in in your your small chicken and it'll be totally yeah yeah it'll be it'll be good um i our thanksgiving we're getting it catered because we moved the next day so we we we, well there's a guy i think there's like an american expat maybe or i don't know basically in our in here, here there's like a guy who's doing um who's like catering for the the diplomats and it's really nice and so we're ordering like a ton of servings because we'll have no kitchen like we'll have no no supplies in our kitchen and so we're just gonna have leftovers for the whole week before we fly um but yeah so it's gonna be it's gonna be a a funky little thanksgiving but it'll be good to stay home and stay safe and healthy yes definitely. um so 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 what are we gonna make okay Next time. So next time. Slash what have we already yeah. And what are we going to talk <laughs> so about So this time? is so funny. This this recipe, it was the inspiration of Too Many Cooks. 100%. Because I remember trying it with a few friends and saying, like, I cannot wait. I, I want you to – I made this I made this lasagna. Oh, it's Samin Nosrat's big <laughs> lasagna. Um and so Samin Nostrat, I love her. She's a salt, fat, acid, heat lady. She's incredible. She's a New York Times contributing um, chef. Like, she is just amazing. Also has another food podcast called Home Cooking. Love her to death. Love her. Okay. Um, I <laughs> – she she made – she at the beginning of the pandemic, she, um, like, came up with this big lasagna recipe that it you can freeze, you can make ahead of time, you can do all this amazing stuff, and it lasts forever. It's gigantic. Gigantic. And it is so delicious that I made it once. I handmade the noodles. I did everything. And I basically sent the recipe to a bunch of people and said, please try this. Like, I want to try it, and I want to mm-hmm. talk to you about it. And I remember – plating it up and looking at Ben and he goes, why don't you make a podcast about this? And I was like, 
Nobody would want to listen to me and my friends talking about recipes. <laughs> and so while we were eating this lasagna, we were coming. And now we're the 93rd ranked podcast in all of Argentina in a very specific, in a very specific category in food and culture. Um, I I should check. I should check those rankings. Um, yeah, that's been, that was like week one. That's week one. So we, I hope we're better than that. Or 91 at least. Um, <laughs> yeah. I Yeah, so we were like eating this lasagna and coming up with names for the podcast. So, and it was just really... Yeah, so this is a very, very, another recipe that's near and dear to my heart. Um, I've made this three times. I've made it through, I've like scaled it down, scaled it up. I made it for friends who were quarantining and couldn't leave their apartment for two weeks. So this is a very, um, a very special lasagna recipe and I cannot wait to talk about it. I'm so excited. (laughs) Oh, awesome. Great. Well, um, we have been getting a lot of, um, very nice feedback from, from listeners, um, on, on Instagram and Twitter at too many cooks pod on both of those things at TWO many cooks pod. And then our email address as always is at too many cooks pod at gmail.com. Um, no, no, at, no, no first. At. What did I say? So just, you said at too many cooks pod at gmail. Oh no. Our so just, email just address <laughs> is TWO many cooks pod at you. <laughs> Oh, man. Technology is hard. Awesome. Okay, well, great. Until next time. Um, what do I say? <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's just sharpen, sharpen I'm your just knives. kidding. I'm just kidding. I know what it is. All right, friends. Eat well, be well, and don't forget to preheat your oven. So, yeah. so I was like debating this morning, like, what did I, what, what did I like the best thing that I ate? And then Ben came over. <laughs> I was actually, it was like very cute. I was like in the shower. He's like, I microwaved a cheap butt for you. And I, he's like, you can, you can decide if this is, and it was like a nice little like shower snack. <laughs> <laughs>